I think the real question is, do we hit a genuine recession? And does the market actually contract further? Or is this a sort of psychological blip? Last week, to kick off our Resisting Recession series, I spoke to Steve Lemon, partner at UK-based venture capital firm Volution. In our conversation, Steve and I discussed what's happening in the economy right now and why businesses shouldn't cut marketing. Steve also identified what the government needs to do now to support businesses. That episode's an essential piece of listening for anyone who is seeking to resist recession. So you know what to do. When you finish today's episode, just go back one and you'll get all of the smarts yourself. This week on the podcast, I meet up with ABM legend Robert Norum, who I think of as the growth guru. Robert has over 30 years experience in business-to-business marketing. He has literally seen it and done it. He's also, by the way, the Growth Hive leader at Propolis, B2B marketing's CMO community that we discussed on our sister podcast, Unicorny, with Joel Harrison and George Gilmore. And that's, I think, about three episodes back in the feed. Uh, By the way, Robert consults to our business too, and it's how I got to hear about his new concept, the thing we're going to talk about today, called full-stack account-based marketing. What he told me that day immediately struck me as a great strategy for resisting recession, so I begged him to come back later that week, jump in the studio, and record this very episode. Now, this stuff is really hot off the press. We had to delay this episode so that his work could be published, which it now has been. So be sure to check out the show notes, which you can find at marketingdifference.co.uk as there's a fair bit to accompany this show. Right, that's enough of me. Here is how my conversation with Robert Norum went. Robert, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and what you do? So I've worked in B2B marketing for 30 years plus. For the last 10 years, I've specialized in account-based marketing. I work for agencies and I work for clients based on uh, different projects and different challenges. And I'm also very heavily involved with B2B marketing's online community, Propolis, where they call me the growth expert, which uh, feels a bit flattering, but I look after ABM uh, and other aspects of growth. And I obviously train on that. Uh, and I help their clients when they have problems. Well, anyone who's listening who knows about B2B marketing will probably already know you because you are a very big character in Propolis, obviously, and you are the king of ABM training. Would you mind just telling us a little bit, though, how did you get here? Like, what, what was the journey to date? Well, I started in magazine publishing, almost embarrassed to say it was in the 80s, and that took me into the, the world of technology. So even though I wasn't a technologist, you know, we were producing magazines for the technology sector. I launched a magazine called Macworld back in the late 80s in the UK, I wow. hasten to add, not in the US, which is where the parent title was. And I sort of fell in love with the world of Apple, which seemed very cool compared to PCs and deck and IBM and all that good stuff. So I ended up joining an Apple distributor called Computers Unlimited, uh, which is still trading today as one of the Exertis distribution companies. And um, really sort of fell in love with the world of Mac and with technology and with distribution and so forth. So that's sort of the technology aspect. Then I sort of fell into the agency world. And I ended up spending uh, nearly 12 years with an agency called Banner, which uh, back in the day was pretty much the, the leading sort of technology agency in Europe. Uh, eventually got swallowed up by Young and Rubicum, which got swallowed up by WPP. And then in the sort of early 2000s, um, I decided I was going to cut my own rug and uh, basically become a marketing consultant. So I've been doing that since 2003, doing all kinds of things, brand development, outsource marketing director roles, still very heavily orientated around technology and business to business marketing. And then probably 2012, I got a call from an ex-colleague who was doing some work for an agency called Momentum, who were just kicking off in the ABM world. 
and they were looking for somebody to come and run strategy workshops. And that sort of was my first exposure to ABM. I ended up spending three and a half years as an embedded consultant with them and then worked actually with a range of different agencies, uh, helping them get their ABM offerings up and running. So that's kind of how I fell into ABM. And strangely, having always been a, a an all-rounder, I now found myself with ABM tattooed <laughs> across my forehead and various other parts of my anatomy. Well, that, and that's certainly how I met you, Robert, through the ABM connection and BG Marketing. According to economists, we're not technically in recession, but anyone who is in B2B marketing at the moment knows we may as well be, right? Things are very, very tough. Yeah. Big tech is laying people off. We all understand they're not laying off as many people as they hired, but the climate feels like it's stagnating. What are you seeing in the market and what challenges are you seeing right now? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Tom, that most clients are struggling with marketing budgets. A number of clients have had to lay people off. Uh, I know a lot of agencies, you know, having a relatively tough time of things. I mean, bizarrely, as I think you would obviously know, you know, the FTSE just hit an all-time high two weeks ago and is still barely under 8,000. I read something that somebody had posted the other day saying that Workday HPE and Salesforce have just all posted great numbers for Q4. And I, I kind of looked that up this morning, knowing I was coming to talk to you. Yeah. And their growths are up nearly 20% year on year. Wow. And that's three of the biggest technology companies in the world. You know, yeah, So yeah. I think in a way, we're almost being talked into recession at the moment, which is yeah. clearly worrying. And I also think in a lot of ways... Um, these mass layoffs from technology companies are almost an auto-correction from the fact they've been hiring like crazy during COVID. And of course, share earnings and expectations from, from stock markets are, are off the scale. So in, in some ways, I think everybody's now jumping on that bandwagon of, well, let's use this as an opportunity to auto-correct and to get rid of perhaps, I won't say dead wood, but some of the wood that they don't necessarily think they need anymore. But clearly, in, in the meantime, <laughs> we've got to get on with how do we continue marketing Yes. And the agency world have obviously got to get on with how do we win more clients and how do we sustain the revenues that we need to flourish and grow. I was going to say, you nailed it, obviously. It feels like an, a moment for a natural jolt, like a watershed of actually, because we're in this weird thing where, you know, we had those like almost 10 years of, of sort of recovery and then constant growth post the, you know, the 2009, 2010, 2011 uh, dip till COVID. And then since COVID, right, normal hasn't been the same maybe we've all just got a little bit comfortable. And so maybe this is like, as you say, a natural correction, a natural opportunity for us to slim down a bit, get a bit more commercial, think a bit with a bit more direction and maybe reconsider our strategic choices. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment. I think, you know, let's get smart and do things more intelligently. What are you expecting for the rest of this year? Do you think the market's going to ease? I know you mentioned that a number of agencies you're speaking to are struggling. We're finding things very stop-start at the moment. Like a bit of budget gets released, then it stops. Then a bit released, then it stops. And it's very hard to run a people business like an agency when you don't have a consistent flow. What's your view of the, of the year ahead? Are you how, how are you thinking? I think it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. I mean, I guess simplistically, I would say I think it's going to be a difficult year because I think even if people come out of this talk of doom and gloom, you know, we're already in March. You know, I think it's going to take the rest of this year for people to get back on track. I think the real question is, do we hit a genuine recession and does the market actually contract further or is this a sort of psychological blip yeah. where companies are actually either downsizing because they're, they're under pressure from, from sort of performance, stock market, share earnings, et cetera, or is there something real going on? Yeah. You know, and it's hard to know that really at this point. Last year felt really hard and felt very uncertain all the way through. And I feel like you, I think 
I wouldn't want to call how this year is going to go other than it's not going to go that well. Yeah, I, that would be my view. You know, I mean, even if people kind of flick a switch, it's not going to come back until Q3. Yeah. And Q4, obviously, is always a sort of gradual wind down to the end of the year anyway. Especially, I mean, like last year, December seemed to finish very early. And this year, as you say, it started really late. Like half of January didn't happen. People just weren't at work. And as you say, I mean, God, it's already... It's the 9th of March we're recording this. I know. It's like, oh my God, that's Q1 almost gone. Scary. Anyway, look, let's be positive. Yes, indeed. Because when we met, um, it was only earlier this week, you talked to me about full stack ABM and you said, this is ideal for recession, which is, I said, right, okay, fine. However long you're in the country for, I must get you in the studio because I think people need to hear this. Yeah. What is it? Explain it for me, please. So for me, full stack ABM, which by the way, I think is a, is a completely new term. You know, I've never heard anybody use it before. Uh, so I'll, I'll take a little <laughs> bit of credit for that. But full stack ABM for me is creating a holistic approach to your entire marketing strategy with ABM right at the centre of it. Um, so if you imagine literally a target um, if you're in the UK, a dartboard. If you're anywhere else, a target. The total size of that target is, you, is your total addressable market or your serviceable obtainable market or the TAM, SAM, SOM, whatever you want to call that. And of course, you've got to know what that looks like. But from there, where you will be doing brand building and you will be doing SEO and PPC and, and inbound marketing, you've got to start thinking really intelligently about how do you do demand gen. And for, for my money, demand gen now should be replaced in its entirety by one to many ABM. And in that context, what you need to do is you need to look at your total addressable market. You need to think about the accounts that are most important to you. Yep. And that becomes your demand gen. So you're removing wastage, if you like, from you know traditional demand gen, which is pretty broad. Uh, very often the kind of, you know, the analogy of throw enough mud at the wall and some of it will stick. Yep. And actually through using predictive analytics, through using intent tools, through working closely with the sales team, you need to think about, well, what are the top 100, 200, 500 companies that we really need to be targeting. And let's now focus all of our demand generation activities outside of brand and so forth at those companies. So you've now removed a whole level of wastage and the chances of you being successful, I think, are significantly higher. You should also now have marketing embedded in the sales team and the sales process through that which again, I think is another recipe for, you know, uh, an ABM success story of getting sales and marketing to, to work together as effectively as possible. If that's the first layer in if the, of my grand target, if you like, if you come in a layer from there, then you start thinking about industry marketing. Well, most companies do industry or vertical marketing, but what they don't do is to take it into, a, into an ABM context and say, we're going to cherry pick the top 10, 15, 20 companies that we really want to land in, in each industry. So that then becomes the one to few play. And then you've got a point where there may be a handful of companies that are either existing companies you need to grow or perhaps deal-based opportunities that you must win. Yeah. And you've got a scenario where you would focus on those in massive detail, which is one-to-one. -one. So I don't know if I'm painting a visual picture, but if you imagine this target, this, this virtual dartboard, you've got your total addressable market. From that, intelligently, you select the right number of companies, let's call it two or 300, maybe 500, maybe a thousand if you're going crazy, but really make sure these are named accounts that you're going after. And then you would start to think about intelligent digital marketing, using intent, obviously, to identify whether people are in market or not, um, using social and so forth. If you then come in a layer from there in the target, you get to your industry marketing, but it's not generic industry marketing. It's going after very precise accounts for a particular reason. And then if you come in right to the center, the sweet spot, 
you've basically got a relatively small number of accounts, typically growth accounts, you know, where you're doing something with them and you want to do a lot more, but it could also be large scale RFPs or bids. And there you're going to be creating really bespoke marketing programs for a single account at a time. So in that context, hopefully it makes sense. That's the full stack and it's using account-based marketing front and center. And it's not talking about ABM as an experiment or something that a small part of the organization get involved in. It's actually saying, this is now our marketing strategy. How do we implement it as effectively as possible? Wow. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions from that. Uh, I get it. And I think, you know, what an amazing insight that actually you could take that the whole practice of ABM and focus it a little bit more, particularly in the environment we're in at the moment where, you know, eliminating waste and making the most of the resources we have is front of mind for everybody. You said when it comes down to account selection, that step one is to intelligently select. Now, we don't have the opportunity or many companies won't have the opportunity to do a lot of research at the moment. So, so what does intelligent account selection look like? Is that using existing knowledge to look at propensity or? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I, for me, I think it's almost like a sort of triangulation process. If I mean, it may be more than three different sources, you know, but I think you need to sort to the sales organization and you need to find out which accounts uh, are they trying to break into. And that might be starting with saying, well, what are the key vertical markets we're most interested in? Yep. And perhaps cherry picking the top 20, 30, 50 accounts in each of those. So there'll be something that's driven by the sales organization. Then I think you want to consider at least, you know, an intent platform. And of course, with intent platforms, you can be tracking uh, the IP addresses of potentially thousands of companies and looking at which companies are in market for the types of solutions and services that you offer. Yeah. So that would be another trigger that says, well, actually, of our total addressable market of 5,000, you know, there are 500 or there are 50 that are actually showing interest in what we want to talk about. And by the way, that's obviously not a fixed uh, number that will remain static. You know, it's going to flex week in, week out, yep. month in, month out. So you want to be tracking that on an ongoing basis. And then there are other tools, you know, which are getting more into propensity modeling. You know, I'm thinking something like an ocean.io, if you've come across that. Um, it's basically a platform that enables you to find lookalike accounts to your existing business. So in that context, you might say, well, these are our top performing accounts, interrogate the system, and that will throw out another group of potential accounts that look like your existing That's customers, really cool. which is quite cool. So in that context, you know, you've kind of got input from the sales team. You might, you know, if you've got the platform and you've got the budget to actually afford a, a plat an intent platform, be looking at intent. You might also be investing in something like a notion.io. I mean, I yeah. give that as one example where basically you're looking at lookalike accounts. And, you know, there may be other tools out there that are beyond my pay grade, you know, that are focused around propensity modeling. But the main thing, I think, is that there's consensus that says we're not going after 5,000 accounts. We're not just trying to find some leads. Um, and, you know, what, what's an MQL these days? We're actually going after accounts. So that comes back to this whole positioning of this is an account-based approach to give us the maximum chance of success. Now, once you've got that target audience of 500, of course, or whatever the number is, you've got to think about, well, how are we going to target them intelligently? The first thing is we need to do a contact build to understand who all the key stakeholders are. Yep. So now we have a total addressable market with named individuals that we can actually go after. And now we need to think about the, the most intelligent way of landing marketing communications. You know, and I don't need to tell you about those. What I love so much about Robert's concept of full stack ABM isn't just that it trims wastage or focuses your approach or makes your targeting, frankly, a lot more manageable. It's how it integrates sales and marketing together. 
ensuring marketing becomes fluent in sales and embedded in its process. And, you know, we hear the same complaints about how marketing and sales are siloed. They don't understand each other enough, yada, yada, yada. It's a consistent feature of all of our shows. And indeed, we're going to touch on it a little bit later in this show too. But if this is a way of getting them both interacting and working together, it might just be a winning formula. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. This is just a quick reminder that you're listening to Marketing Trek, the Resisting Recession special powered by Selby Anderson with me, Dom Hawes. Coming up on the podcast, we discuss the most depressing thing about marketing right now, and we explore why marketing leaders kind of need to be more confident. But first, I wanted to explore Robert's full-stack ABM concept a little deeper. I want to take a look at why it is the solution to where we all find ourselves right now. So I love that. One of the things about ABM that has struck me from everything I've seen is, or people I've spoken to is everyone always talks about the enormous cost of it and the need to run a pilot and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it strikes me with full stack ABM, it's very accessible. I mean, you've mentioned some tools like Intent Platform is expensive. Ocean.io probably, I don't know, but I'm sure it costs. Um, talking to sales is free. For sure. Like there are things almost any company can do to adopt this approach to get a lot more laser focus on their outbound activity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a classic in my ABM essentials training. You know, I talk about the the, the chasm, if you like, or, or the lack of sales and marketing alignment, but the chasm yeah. between sales and marketing. And there's a, a, a fantastic quote that talks about 50% of marketing leads being ignored by sales and sales wasting 50% of their time doing their own prospecting. Yeah. Well, that's clearly ludicrous. You know, and what this is trying to do is to say, if you take an account-based approach and you have marketing and sales working closely together, then you can choose intelligently which accounts to focus on. Yep. Um, marketing can then concentrate, if you like, on bringing new opportunities in at the top of the sales funnel. Yeah. But then if you think about the other uh, examples I gave you of one-to-few and one-to-one, yeah. then you can actually support the sales team through the entire sales process, if you like, from early stage awareness and engagement yeah. right through to closing the deal. Amazing. I'm When you leave today, I'm going to go into a dark room and beat myself with sticks because you've answered a question that I've been trying to answer about how we do our own marketing and like a bit of a disconnect right. between what we do when we have an identified account that we want to work with yeah. and how we then get and introduce it to the business. And I think this integrated approach is the way to do that. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you very much for explaining that. What we're going to do on, uh, we're putting in the show notes an ability for if people have got questions sure. for them to come back. I don't know whether our website yet, we're, we're going to be adding a, a threaded discussion on the on the podcast website. If it's not there already, we'll find a way of doing that because I'm sure there are going to be some questions coming out of this that people would like to ask, but that's, that's fab. The answer to most of them probably is go on one of Robert's training courses. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny because uh, this whole concept of full stack ABM, uh, and again, I don't want to sound like I think I'm a rocket scientist because a lot of this is common sense. Sense, but it, it, it's never even appeared in one of my training courses right, well, yet. Um, yes. Although I'm funny enough, in two weeks' time, I'm running another ABM Essentials course for B2B marketing. And guess what? Yeah. It, it'll probably be the first thing I talk about. So it is relatively hot off the press. I mean, it's it's clearly connecting things that people are already yeah. doing. 
Um, but I think, you know, for me, you, you nailed a really interesting point a second ago, Don, which is that most companies still think of ABM being expensive and being something that you pilot almost like in some greenhouse environment. And what I'm saying is, if you pilot something on a cautious basis and keep spending the vast majority of your money doing all the things you've been doing for the last five to 10 to 15 years, then you're missing a massive opportunity because you're not taking that account-centric approach and you're not really, if you like, looking for that whole pitch of how do we maximize the effectiveness of our marketing whilst reducing yeah. you know, waste, if you like. So, so I think that maybe that plays into the where we started the discussion, this is a watershed moment. People need to be more effective in what they're doing, particularly in B2B SaaS, when, when there's venture capital fueling the grow at any cost. It's easy to see why people just throw as much as they can towards the market in the hope that something sticks. Whereas, you know, that, that tap has well and truly been turned off now for most, most companies that are scaling. So maybe this is a good thing that everyone has to be a little bit smarter. Yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, it's the survival of the fittest, isn't it? You know, if you have to be smart to survive and you have to be smart to grow, then maybe you knew, you do need to question how do we do the things we do? And that applies to agencies and it certainly applies to marketing departments, you know, in large organisations. That's amazing. Uh, thank you very much for that. I know we're going to get lots of emails when this goes out. So if you've got any questions, email me. Um, you can find our details on the website. In this series, the other thing we're doing is we're giving advice to marketers. And a lot of the advice is coming from non-marketers, as I said. So we've got venture capitalists and PE and family offices, a lot on the finance side. Now we have a marketer in our midst. Let's kick off because one of the questions I ask the non-marketers is what do they see the role of marketing in business? As a marketer, if you were going to be playing it back to them, how would you describe the role of marketing in any business? Great call, great challenge. I mean, I think it is multifaceted. And if we back away from the whole account-based marketing approach, then I think it does start with brand stewardship, you know, and it's about building brands. It's about building reputation. And of course, that is almost the cornerstone or the foundation of any, anything you're going to do as a business. I think marketing should then also be involved in, you know, product development and assessing the market. And that's based typically around understanding customers. So that's the insight piece. It's the research and insight piece. And Again, that should be a real driver for the whole organization in terms of the products and services they need to offer to their customers. So I think marketing has a key role to play there. And then, of course, we get into this whole conversation we were just in, which is marketing clearly has to develop a pipeline of new customers and has to help grow existing customers. And that's where the account-based approach I was just talking about really comes into its own. For me, you know, the, the most depressing thing I've heard consistently for over 10 years is sales and marketing don't talk to each other. They don't understand each other. And there's still this thing of marketing being expected to create leads, MQLs, three, three, the, the acronym I hate most in the world, probably apart from SQLs, you know. <laughs> and for, for me, marketing should be working closely with sales, defining the right prospects, defining the right messaging, landing that in a compelling way. And then not just handing a lead to a salesperson and saying, there you go, knock yourself out, but actually nurturing that lead over an extended period. And again, typically not a lead as in one person, but a target organization where the decision-making unit and decision-making process could be 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 people. You know, and that's clearly not something, you know, a salesperson isn't going to be able to touch all of those potential influencers and, and um, buyers you know, on an ongoing basis. So 
from my perspective, and the reason I've been in marketing for 30 plus years is I love it. And I think it is multifaceted. And, you know, it's not just about brand and reputation. You know, it's not just about uh, driving leads. Uh, and it's not just about, you know, supporting the business with the products and solutions they want to sell. It's actually taking a driving role through the whole journey, which is why it's even more depressing when you hear about marketeers being the first people to be laid off and marketing budgets being one of the first lines on the on the yeah, on the yeah. PL that gets hit. Yeah, super super depressing that stuff. Uh, and you know, it's a hard time to be uh, a leader in marketing, you know, recession generally. What advice would you give to marketing leaders this year? Above all, I think it's about being confident and I think it's about having the right conversations at the right level within the business. Again, from from my experience, you still very often find that marketeers are not sitting at the top table and they're not having the critical conversations about where's the revenue going to come from. And they're seen almost as a sort of internal service organisation that support the sales organisation. So I think it's have confidence, take the bull by the horns, make sure you've got a voice at the top table and really position marketing as a strategic differentiator for the business, not as an optional extra um, that people choose to invest in or not, depending on how well they're doing. Brilliant. Well, Robert, thank you very much indeed for your time today. That is all we have. Yeah, full stack ABM. You heard it here first. You pretty much did, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Everything seems like common sense once you know it. But a lot of stuff, you've got to think about it first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is why I'm going to go and beat myself with sticks. It's fair to say that, you know, I won't say it's a eureka moment because I've been talking about how do you create a holistic process or journey from from demand gen into ABM for quite a long time. Yeah. But what I haven't done is to say, actually, demand gen as a lend and the end in itself is actually pissing in the wind, if yeah, you'll totally, forgive my yeah. friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Really what you want is an intelligent, focused, minimal waste, maximum effectiveness yeah. approach. And, and that's where the whole full stack thing comes in. Wow, well, that is the end of today's show. These are designed to be fast and furious. Thank you very much to you for listening. Now, there are a lot of takeaways in this episode. I'm just going to run through them now before we sign off for the day. Uh, You can look at them on our show notes at marketingdifference.co.uk if you prefer. And as I mentioned at the beginning, there are also lots of extras there as well. But I think the unifying message from today's show is that in times of recession, you need to focus your strategy. We spoke earlier on the show about what's been going on in B2B and big tech. Lots of job cuts, marketing budgets on hold. You know, Robert used the word correction. In, you know, in times of feast, businesses have more options when it comes to taking risks, forecasting for growth and, you know, things like hiring and employing maybe bolder, braver marketing strategies. But I don't think we're going to be feasting anytime soon. In fact, I think a few companies might just get a wee bit hungrier. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to speak to Robert today is that I think his full stack ABM concept really helps focus strategy. It's a very tangible thing that pretty much any company can get their head around and literally start today. So at the end of the show, Robert mentioned that marketers need to get a leading voice in the boardroom. They need to become more confident. And again, we hear that a lot on our podcast, but it's not just for the sake of being influential. Because when a marketing leader can help define the strategy of the company, you are going to get a more customer focused, a more streamlined and a more unified approach. Basically, you're going to get a better run company. There's going to be more food on the table to feed innovation and growth. Simples. 
Now, just before I go, I would like to tell you that you can find detailed show notes and sometimes extras at marketingdifference.co.uk. You can also register there to make sure you don't miss any important shows. And I'd also like to ask you a personal favour. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell a couple of your colleagues about us or maybe consider rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's your call, of course, but I'd be grateful because it takes us around eight hours to make each show but only around 30 seconds to review it. Marketing Trek is conceived and produced by Salby Anderson with creative support from One Fine Play. Nicola Fairley is executive producer, Connor Foley is the series producer, Kajra Ferruzio is the audio engineer and editor, and the episode is recorded at terminalstudios.co.uk. See ya! Next week on... The podcast. I'm going to speak to Svengali of Strategy, Peter Russell Smith. We're going to carry on with our Resisting Recession series. He's a management consultant and go to market specialist, and he's worked with private equity companies internationally and is he's just a guru i can't say any other way um he's a straight talking australian who has been there done it seen it got the t-shirt sold the t-shirt owned the t-shirt factory so if you uh look do me a favor do you a favor go to marketingdifference.co.uk right now and subscribe and we'll just pop you an email whenever we have episodes go live you can't miss next week it's an epic Thank you.